And welcome to the Supernatural Creatures Lore Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the monsters, mythology, and creatures of the TV series Supernatural, which airs on the CW. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, the co-host. And this episode of Supernatural Creatures Lore Podcast will be covering zombies, an episode that I, me and Mel have very much knowledge of, and Mel has the episode synopsis for us and title. Right here, children shouldn't play with dead things. Dean and Sam investigate a college student, Summer Glau's murder. The ghost has ridden from the dead seeking revenge on those who mistreated her while she was alive. This episode aired on October 19th, 2006. Summer Glau, isn't that the name of the actress who was on Firefly? I didn't watch Firefly. Wasn't she in Knights of Bad Astom? Did you see that? I didn't. That sounds made up. <laughs> uh, Knights of Bad Astom is a movie directed by uh, Joe Lynch of the uh, Movie Crypt podcast. Uh, he just did Mayhem and um, Everly. Um, it was a role-playing game, uh, a LARP movie, also starring Peter Dinklage and and uh, and, um, and um, Jason um, from True Blood. And it was it was really cool. It was really good. They accidentally summon a succubus, and the succubus starts going around the LARP game, killing off people one by one. How fun! Yeah, I can't believe I never saw this movie. It's really good. <laughs> uh, it's, it, it sounded totally made up. Un- <laughs> unfortunately, awesome. uh, for, unfortunately, a lot of people like the movie, but it is like the director's bane of his existence because the if you listen to his podcast, The Movie Crypt you will hear the horrible behind-the-scenes story about what the fuck happened to this movie. It's one of those. Oh, goodness. Yeah, it's one of those surrounded in controversy and mystery and just, like, Ponzi schemes and, and stuff like that. But anyway, so I just thought that was kind of funny that that same character has the name as this one. Um, yeah. This episode has to deal with zombies. What do we know about zombies, Mel? Both kinds of zombies. Well, I know that the supernatural zombies are completely different from any other kind of zombie ever. Um, I watch a ton of zombie TV shows ranging from The Walking Dead, Game of Thrones to iZombie. And this zombie is, I, I would have to say it's its most like the iZombie zombies. But I have played a zombie umpteen times and I've worked on a dozen zombie movies or so, still, um, I, I still love zombies, despite the general population's feelings towards them. A lot of people think that they're really drawn out and worn out, but they just don't get old for me. I'm under that opinion sometimes when I keep seeing the same thing over and over and over again and nothing new. I think what makes it fun for me is all the different kinds. People mean, keep reinventing it. You mean like uh, when I said there was like a couple different kinds of zombies, really. There's supernatural zombies, um, reanimated corpses. They're they're just like, they just come back to life. And then there's like voodoo-controlled zombies, kind of like the movie White Zombie. Then, of course, there's also the zombies that have uh, come back through like toxic waste and stuff, uh, which was the explanation for for them in uh, Return, of the, Return of the Living Dead. The creation of zombies has... So many different ranges, especially these days where everybody's making their own movies, which I think is awesome. It it really ranges from spells 
to the toxic waste, like what you were talking about, to uh, eclipses, all the way to zombieism being an STD. That's a new one for me. Uh, are you talking about like, yeah? Yeah. Are you talking about uh, zombies as an STD? Mm, that's that is new for me. We'll we'll get we'll get back to that one. There's also supposedly like a bug that can reanimate the dead. Oh yeah, I've I've heard about uh, about that. Um, it's a parasite that gets into the brain and reconnects some of the synapses, right? Yes, correct. And this is like a, a real thing. Absolutely, it's yeah. Like it was in National real. Geographic. Yeah, it's it's not like we're not talking about lore here. This is an actual thing that has happened, um, which I I think that's absolutely insane. I've seen some of the videos. Um, the most popular one being the praying mantis. That looks like a normal praying mantis, walks like a normal praying mantis, and then they dip it in that solution. And then next thing you know, there's this giant worm coming out of it, and the praying mantis was just an empty shell. Yikes. That's it was nothing gross. but a shell, but it looked like a, a praying mantis when it was just in, inhabited by a parasite. That's kind of gross. Yeah. It was really creepy. Like, makes your skin crawl. Yeah, I've never heard of anything like that before. That's just absolutely crazy. I didn't believe the story until I heard it on the radio station, and then like a few years later I saw a National Geographic article about it. I think that a lot of everything to do with zombies, though, is pretty much uh, Hollywood-related, unless you believe in anything to do with like voodoo magic. Yeah, aside from voodoo and the QP79 virus... Uh, Aside from those things, I think they were strictly created by George Romero. There's also, of course, the... Weren't bath salts turning people into zombies? They made people very similar to zombies in the idea that um, they made people crave flesh, Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. It just made people completely out of their brains. (laughs) I mean, one of the biggest things that zombies, I think, is connected to, and this goes back to what you're saying about an STD, is that zombies is connected to, to, to disease. And uh, disease yeah. can be spread by, you know, an open wound or a cut or something like that. Or, um, you know, in the case that you were talking about, like a sexually transmitted disease. There's been several movies where people have had sex with zombies and they get, obviously, infected because they had sex with them. Uh, have you oh, ever yeah. seen the film Dead Girl? Contracted. I'm not familiar with that one. No? No. I, I really liked it. Did you see Dead Girl? I have not. Dead Girl is a couple of high school students find a uh, the corpse of uh, a classmate of theirs, which is, I guess she was kind of like a queen bee, strapped downstairs in a basement of this old building, and she's dead. And they, like, you know, kind of keep her for themselves. And, like, one of them proceeds to, like, constantly kind of fuck her. <laughs> Oh, my. Yeah. Um, one of the girl, like, the girlfriend of the other guy finds out, and uh, um, it, it's a really messed up movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds pretty interesting. The religion of voodoo, I, I think, is, like, where, like, zombies first kind of originated from. That makes sense. And I think this was before Romero came up with it in the um, the 1960s for the uh, Night of the Living Dead. There was a researcher called uh, Zora Neale Hurston encountered mm-hmm. a case of a woman who appeared in the village, and the family claimed that she was uh, Felicia Felix's mentor, a relative who had died and buried in 1907 at the age of 29. And the woman was examined by a doctor indicating she had been she had a leg fra- fracture, and they believed that this woman who uh, was a 
appearing was like this zombie, this this like kind of reanimated corpse. Huh. Zombies have a lot in common with, of course, vampires as well, uh, just because of the uh, mysticism as people believing that they have returned from the dead in some way. Um, I I thought that I had so much more to talk about zombies, but I'm getting schooled here. (laughs) Uh, What else do you have, Mel? The things that I have written down here was the comparison to the supernatural zombies, comparing them to every other kind of zombie that we already know of. So I noticed that all TV shows and movies, they like to give their own twists on zombies. And Supernatural is not um, a stranger to that, where Supernatural, which differs from every other zombie lore ever, is you can't kill them with a headshot. And what's going on here is the zombieism, um, how they're created in this one, was Greek necromancy. And how you are supposed to kill them is potentially feeding its heart to a wild dog mm, or yummy. mailing the zombie back into the grave bed, which is what they do. None of that sounds appetizing. <laughs> no. I'll leave that entirely up to you, if that's something you're into. Not not sure. Summoning a demon sounds a little bit easier than creating zombies, actually. <laughs> or putting them down. Just sounds like putting a zombie down seems to be very messy. Yeah, especially in, in this case. Like, headshots, I guess, would have been too easy breezy (laughs) for uh, Sam and Dean, so they had to make the situation much more difficult. I believe most of the time um, in popular fiction, the the way to end a zombie is through, like, the decapitation of the head or the severing of the the brain tissue. Obviously, that's the case in The Walking Dead. You know, that's the most famous one. We're going to kind of stay away from talking about The Walking Dead because there are, by the way, like a hundred different podcasts dedicated to The Walking Dead on iTunes. I bet. That, that show, that, those zombies get enough coverage on their, onto, their, onto themselves. Right. This is also a good time to segue, since we're talking about media and zombies, into what monster movie was Mel Heflin in connected to the creature that we're talking about? so many different zombie movies that I can talk about me being in but um, I actually have done effects for zombie movies off the top of my head hopefully nobody gets mad at me the most recent one and my favorite is called Zombies Can't Eat Airheads uh, starring Jenny Gennetti uh-huh. and you know just as the title suggests um, well you know zombies in most cases eat brains and when you're an airhead there's uh not much to go on there did you um were you the were you a airhead in the movie or a zombie i was alive for some time and you never you never really find out if i was an airhead or not uh, what about that uh one connected to that video game oh um i did the voiceovers for Zoe for the Left 4 Dead movie, which was probably the most seen thing that I've ever worked on. The, the Left 4 Dead movie, last I checked, you know what, I'm going to check it right now. I remember it having 
something like a million views, which is absolutely insane to me. Left 4 Dead, the movie. Here we go. By Mexican Standoff. It has 1.9 million views. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the most watched thing that you've ever appeared in? Yes. And I, I get fans all the time contacting me asking what it was like to um, do the voiceovers. And it was just many, many hours, many hours of very, very concentrated, meticulous work. And the voiceovers are the thing that people complain about most about the movie. But you got to think here, these are Italian people trying to speak English. And they, they did a really great job for it being their second language. They did. Um, but there's a lot of things that don't translate exactly the same. Um, I'm saying the same words, but for instance, the beautiful actress playing Zoe, she says um, there's a line where the word boat is in, um, she says the word boat, but the way she pronounces it, since she's Italian, is both with a T-H, and you have to find the middle ground between T and TH to make your mouth look like make your words sound like they're coming out of her mouth while not you know sounding too English as a second language <laughs> I mean with voice acting um, you get to keep your script in front of you does that make it a lot easier than having to remember lines oh not at all I had to memorize them anyways because I had to watch their mouths and watch the time ticker. So this is like tenths of a second that I'm watching the clock and watching her mouth at the same time while getting the words out. Uh, Not just the words, but each breath. Like I'm matching my breathing to hers so that it sounds as perfect as possible. (laughs) Would um, How many times have you played the uh, zombie versus playing a victim? I think I've played a zombie a lot more. Most of those movies never even came out. Um, Most of the ones, these are, this is like 2009, 2010, 2011. So back then, um, a lot of movies just either didn't pick up the momentum or they would just fall off the face of the earth or all kinds of things would happen. But things like Apocalypse... um, I worked on a movie called They Walk. It was available for a very short time, and I think it's lost to time now. I played a human in They Walk and a zombie in Apocalypse. I'm trying to think back to all the things I've played a zombie in. Most of them did not come out. That's unfortunate. Yeah. There's a great line quoted from the episode. Dean says, we can't just waste it with a headshot. Sam says, dude, you've been watching... Sorry, let me start over. Dean says we can't just we can't just waste it with a headshot. Dean asks with a question mark. Sam says, "Dude, you've been watching way too many Romero flicks." Dean says, "You're telling me there's no lore on how to smoke them." Sam says, "No, Dean. I'm telling you there's too much. I mean, there's a hundred different legends on The Walking Dead, but they all have different methods for killing them. Some say setting them in fire. One said feeding their hearts to wild dogs. That's my personal favorite." <laughs> yes. Um, the Supernatural Season 2 Companion says, Zombies are dead people brought back to life by black magic known as necromancy. Something we didn't cover yet. But life is a 
Mijoir since their bodies are still dead. The longer a person has been dead prior to reanimation, the less likely their bodies will be able to function properly, especially with regard to thinking, talking, or moving quickly. Huh. Fresh zombies will appear to be no- like normal people who have been out in the sun too long, but even they, in- but even then, they're st- not all that normal. Being stuck in a decaying body tends to drive people insane, a side effect which is murderous rage. Zombies are usually created for one of two reasons. Either the conjurer loves the person and will do anything to be with them, or else the conjurer wants a monstrous slave to do their duty, de- dirty deeds for them. There has been a reported incidence of toxic waste and ex- terrestrial viruses reanimating dead bodies that desire only to eat human brains but there's no verifiable evidence to support such claims head costumer Diana Wydas says we were going for a bit of innocence that innocence making zombies more manipulative Eric Kripke informs they act in many ways like the same person before they died which makes them harder to kill because they can play with their affection and that makes them more dangerous, Kripke continues, because they're actually very different from who they were st- a while alive. I'd like the choice to make them as close to a real person as you can, remarks key makeup artist Shannon Coppin. We tend to do that on the show. We keep things as believable as possible. And if you believe in zombies, you're going to know- want to know how to kill them. The lore is varied and conflicting, but I have collected the most common methods. Cut off their head, put them back in a coffin, drive a silver stake through their heart, salt and burn the body for good measure. Now, the silver stake through the heart thing is a new one. I don't remember that ever being used for a zombie before. A vampire? Right. Yes. Blade did that in the movies with a silver stake through the heart. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't usually remember a silver stake through the heart being the way to kill a vampire. It's usually like a wooden stake. Um, silver stakes I've heard to kill werewolves, but usually as zombies, it's cutting off their head, but that won't do anything unless the brain is destroyed. Which in The Walking Dead, they do, you know, headshots whenever they, you know, can with the accuracy. Um, necromancy, that's another uh, term that we didn't actually bring up. Do you remember the film uh, Reanimator, Bride of Reanimator? Um, it's, it's been like 20 years since I've seen those. But you're familiar with them based on the H.P. Lovecraft yes. story? That yes. is another form of them being kind of like zombies because they're brought back through like an elixir of some kind, man, you mm-hmm. know, created by man, a mad scientist, to cheat death in a way. Um, and he keeps trying to perfect his formula so that way, you know, um, the person comes back the way they're supposed to be and not some, you know, mad raving lunatic like they are in the movies. Yeah. You could almost say that, like, the Frankenstein monster is kind of like a zombie. Yeah, I agree. I, I have to wonder, in this specific case of zombieism, um, I know that she she slowly gets more and more and more angry, but I have to wonder if she died under completely normal circumstances how much different it would have been if it would have been more like um later on in the series there are more zombies bobby singer's wife among um the sheriff the lady sheriff her son comes back oh jody uh uh, sheriff jody jody mills who by the way is getting as i think at the time we actually air this episode i think Supernatural Wayward Sisters will have begun the spin-off show, or at least the episode that's going to be the backdoor pilot into Wayward Sisters, which is the story about Jody and Castiel's daughter and the vampire girl that Jody rescued with the boys um, in oh their my own gosh, series. It's about time. Yeah, <laughs> um, this is going to be an all-female show on Supernatural. Female fans have been wanting like more female characters, and they've kept Jody alive, thankfully. 
Um, something I, I know that they said they regretted killing off Ellen and her daughter, you know, in season oh, four. Oh, I know. Um, spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, Ellen and her daughter die. Ellen and her daughter are actually introduced in an episode that we're skipping um, about uh, the introduction of Gordon, who was a vampire hunter. Um, but uh, I digress. Uh, Jody. Castiel's daughter and the vampire feeding girl, I forgot her name, are all going to be in a spin-off Supernatural show, which will hopefully be better than the last time they tried to do a Supernatural spin-off show, which was about the monsters being like mob bosses in Chicago. What? Uh, yes. And like that was Sam, the thing? Sam and Dean are only in the episode for like 16 minutes or something. It's like this kid... Who you know he's friends with somebody he doesn't know is like a werewolf. We're talking like the werewolf with like claws and teeth, but not like an actual werewolf costume. Ugh, it's so awful. And Sam and Dean let this kid kill this human who's a bad person. They just stand there and watch as he does it. And it's like uh, you're gonna have to send this to me. It, it uh, sounds god awful, but I I need to see everything supernatural related anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't remember what season it is. I'll have to find it. But it's just it was supposed to be this backdoor pilot into this like monster mob spinoff show. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh god, this is just. What the fuck? I, I just I, I don't know don't anybody. The whole gangster thing, yeah, like the, I, the mob I, thing. I don't know anybody who was really hoping that was going to happen. I know a lot of people just was like that sucked. I do know Eric Kripke was supposed to do a backdoor pilot. Wanted to do like a pilot for sorry. Uh, uh, wanted to do a spinoff of Supernatural set in the old west about Daniel Colt. Oh yeah, I could get behind that. Yeah, so that didn't happen either. But so we're getting Wayward Sisters. The backdoor pilot's happening. I think I think one of the first one the first or second episode of the upcoming thirteenth season. We'll see what happens. A lot of people like the characters of Jody Mills. Obviously, I think characters that we have established to have loved for a while and grown up with is better than characters who were introduced in a brand new episode. We have no idea who they are. We don't care who they are. Right. We don't give a shit about any of their problems. I know they're trying to like get a. I mean, the main character that that I'm talking about was like it was African American, so maybe they were trying to have some diversity. I still don't care. It sucked for an episode. Okay, mobster monsters. If people want diversity, <sighs> I would totally adore seeing a an early years of. Bobby Singer and Rufus. Oh my God! Like a buddy like those cop two show. Are such a pair. Oh, that would be great. By the way, the actor who plays Rufus, Stephen Williams, was in it. Another reason I need to go see it tomorrow. He doesn't I have a big Rufus. role, like, but he does. He's in, and he plays Mike's uncle. Mike is the. Uh, I think. I think it's Mike. Mike is the the uh, the black kid of the losers. Yeah. Yeah. So he plays his uncle in the movie. But I was like, oh, it's Rufus from Supernatural and Stephen Williams from, from Jason Goes to Hell. <laughs> <laughs> Those two have um have a little bit of a uh, fiery relationship that um that I really enjoy seeing those two crack on each other. So I would have loved to see how they were when they were younger cracking on each other. The zombie in the episode, we didn't actually cover this when we did the clown episode, and I do apologize for that, but there will be another episode of Clowns, and maybe we'll do a second episode of Clowns. But the episode's, uh, the episode's monster is played by an actress named Amara Zaragoza. Zaragoza. Uh, she's the same age as me. She's 37 years old. She looks absolutely 
beautiful. I mean, she was pretty hot as a zombie in this episode, but if you look at her IMDb pictures and other movies she was in, she is absolutely stunning. She was actually also in Adam Green's uh, Hatchet, playing Mary Beth uh, Dunstan. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Adam Green just launched Hatchet 4, which is um, currently touring. And if you happen to maybe uh, go to Rock and Shock, which I think has probably already passed by the time this episode is airing, Hatchet 4 might have played at Rock and Shock, the horror convention here in Worcester. Uh, I believe that around the time this episode is airing, we might be into or past Halloween. So either early Happy Halloween or belated Happy Halloween. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it all depends on when this episode airs, because <laughs> we record these episodes <laughs> early, so um, that's why... So that uh, we don't miss a week. Yes, and we, we, we try and cover, like, celebrity deaths, like we did in the last episode, talking about Len Wein. We definitely know this episode will air before Thanksgiving, so no happy Thanksgivings. Speaking of things to eat and zombies, basically, you know. You know, we got to think about this, Mel. We all technically like to eat flesh in some way if we're, like, meat eaters, right? Yeah. Okay, so we eat the skin of a chicken, like, when you have fried chicken, right? Mm-hmm. As gross as that sounds, the way I'm describing it, it's kind of true. But think about, what what do zombies eat? People, right? Yeah, brains, yeah, brains. or people. Brains usually only ever in the Return of the Living Dead series, but mostly flesh and people, like in, you know, Shaun of the Dead. I mean, the, the list of zombie movies just can just be nonstop, but that's not what we're going to cover. What you got to think about when you when you um when you kiss somebody, you know what I mean? Let's say you're in the passions of kissing them and you're biting their neck and you're licking them, you're tasting their And then flesh. they're bleeding all over you and you're drinking their blood and then you're bathing in it. Wait, where were we? What? Maybe in some things that you're into that we probably <laughs> should discuss in case, you know, it's ever dismissible in court if you're on trial for the murder oh, of somebody. Yeah, I need to go see my therapist. Yeah. Have we heard from your husband lately? Has anybody? Uh, yeah. So, um, but I don't think recordings are uh, acceptable evidence in court, are they? Probably not. Probably not. Okay. So, you know, just think about any part of your partner that you, you know, you, 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 you taste. You diddle? You diddle. <laughs> you, you put in your mouth. We all seem to like flesh in some way. So aren't we ourselves cannibals? A little bit. A little bit. Just think about that, everybody. Think about what you do with your partner. I'm not getting into descriptions. Our show does swear, but we're not going to get overly descriptive. Just think about what you do with your partner and what you do with your mouth, okay? Just yeah. put that out there. Those things that go in your mouth, you dirty, dirty people. Yes, think about the parts of the body that you might nibble on a little bit. Just think about that. You're, you're, you're using your teeth. You keep doing it. You must love the taste of the flesh. Just saying. Doesn't Pinhead have that great line? There is no pain, only flesh. <laughs> Right. This show has just gone off on, like, the darkest, weirdest, creepiest tangent ever, so... That happens uh, sometimes. Yeah, but that's a good way to end the show before the police continue their investigation into our significant others and where they may be. Oh, my. Yeah. Don't forget we have a group you can join all about the Flesh Eaters on Supernatural Creatures and Lore, um, as well as... By the way, we didn't talk about, like, Italian zombie movies, because, again, the episode could do non-stop talking about media coverage of zombies, so we try to keep it to the uh, the real facts about zombies in, in uh, 
other things. I'm not a voodoo expert, so we didn't go that much into things about voodoo. However, I do recommend a great movie by Wes Craven called Serpent in the Rainbow, which apparently is a very great depiction of like voodoo zombies. I think it just came out from Screen Factory, actually. Don't for- and you can also find us on Twitter at ChrisDSAV and SPN Creatures and Lore and on Mel's. Um, it's at Mel Heflin, M-E-L-H-E-F-L-I-N. And don't forget, we are also on Patreon. If you'd like to help us sponsor us on Patreon, there's a Radio Horror Patreon, which I don't promote that often. And I really should do a better job promoting the Radio Horror Patreon page. So if you'd like to help this podcast, if you're also a local business, like Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts is, you can also help sponsor this podcast, as well as the other shows here on Radio Horror, to help pay for things like the server, which hosts all the episodes that you can listen to on RadioHorror.com. What was that? I said, because you love us. You yes. want to sponsor us. Yes, yes. And we need uh, we need to uh, pay for them uh, servers that host the RadioHorror.com website, which is where you can go to to listen to the episodes. If you, don't have ha- if you do not happen to have iTunes, you can listen to them as well on RadioHorror.com, download them, or listen to them on the website. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more Supernatural Creatures and Lore. Thanks, guys. Listen in next time.